Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to new listeners. What is I Seem Fun, the diary of Jen Car... God damn it. This is exactly what it is. I couldn't even say my own name. And I almost just hit pause so that I could edit this out. But screw it. That's what this podcast is. I Seem Fun, the diary of Jen Kirkman podcast is a solo podcast done by me, comedian Jen Kirkman. You may remember me from Chelsea Lately or Drunk History. You may have read my books. You may have seen my Netflix specials. I'm going to die alone and just keep living. This is where I go to say whatever the hell I want. There doesn't have to be punchlines. It doesn't have to be politically pleasing to any particular group. It doesn't have to be funny. It can be sincere. I've cried on this podcast before. I've definitely been funny on this podcast before. I've been informative. I've been stupid. I've just been a human. This is where you can go to for free, listen to a performer, riff for an hour about what went on in their mind, in their world, in their life that week. I started this podcast in 2013 when I was a writer and performer on the Chelsea Lately Show. Because of how fun that show was and I was doing things like Drunk History, a lot of people thought I was a very fun party girl. And so they were coming to my shows drunk and screaming things out and I realized this is out of control. People need to know that I seem fun, but I'm really not fun. I'm, I like to do dumb things like stay home on Friday night and make lists. And I like to not be wasted and shouting things out if I'm in the audience somewhere. I wanted a podcast for people to find the real me. And it's been one of the most fun things that I've ever done in my creative life. So if you start listening to the podcast and you feel lost and you feel like it's a conversation that you're not part of, that's kind of what it feels like. But if you stick with it, you'll start to understand that it's random and you can be part of it anytime you want. I will read you a review from the Onion AV Club. 
What makes I Seem Fun funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action suit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness, and more often than not, she's right. Get ready to step inside to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Welcome. I seem fun. I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 272. Hi, everybody. Oh. Seattle, as of, as of the recording of this episode, which is Tuesday afternoon, I am doing my show at the Neptune Theater. They said they're not canceling their shows on the 13th, so they don't see any reason why they'd cancel their shows on the 14th. February 14th, 8 p.m. I will be doing a show. I'm not having an opening act because I want to do a longer show for you. I mean, it'll be the same amount of time as a show with an opening act, but I want all the time. I'll be selling and signing books after. And it's going to be a great show. I hope that you can make it. I understand you are in Snowmageddon. But we are not canceling unless something crazy happens like another Snowmageddon. I know it's going to snow and rain. I know there will be weather. I will be miserable because I don't like traveling in bad weather. I think every driver is crazy and is going to crash the car. I don't like ice. I don't like this. And no, I can't take the light rail because I have a giant thing of merchandise. So I will just deal with my own problems, but not happy about this. Did not see this one coming. Once again, climate change fucking my life up. I've had a permanent cough since I got back from performing in the fires of Sacramento and San Francisco, the air quality. I didn't love that I uh, had to cancel my gig in Phoenix because of the monsoon we had here in Los Angeles. What the fuck is going on, people? Climate change really effing up my tour. Really effing it up. Yes, it is all about me. Wow, my lackluster, my, sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm feeling lackluster. So I do see here on my iPhone that it says it's going to snow in Seattle on Thursday. Yet it says it's going to be 37 degrees. It cannot snow under, uh, if it's, it can't snow. Who gives a shit? It's going to be a really fun show. I really don't want to reschedule it. I really, really don't. And we've sold a shit ton of tickets. So I get them in advance because they're going to be a little more expensive at the door. So jenkirkman.com, click tour. Dallas, 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 where are you? I will be there in less than a month. I have been playing Dallas forever. I used to do the Addison Improv. I've done Hyenas. I've done House of Blues. I've done my own place. I think it was called the Dallas Theater last year. Um, I wanted to go back to Hyenas. I want to work some stuff. I want to get that good four show weekend in and uh, I want those ticket sales to be higher so if you live in Dallas or the Dallas area 
get tickets in advance. These shows are cheap too. The hyenas doesn't charge a lot. It's like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. So get those tickets, jenkirkman.com, click tour. Those are going to be super fun shows. I'm really excited about performing for you guys. I really like that club. The last time I did it, it sold out in advance, like all of the shows. Uh, I used to be kind of (laughs) well-known. It's not happening anymore. So get the tickets. And for anyone new that's listening, sorry, I'm just getting some business out of the way. And as you know, Phoenix, we rescheduled from February 2nd to March 16th. Um, People are still asking me, are you ever coming back? I don't know why they don't have this information. I'm bashing my face in a glass plate. Not window, but just I take a glass plate and I smash my face with it. March 16th. The night before St. Patrick's Day. I have heard that you people in Phoenix don't give a fuck about St. Patrick's Day. I know there's a parade. I check out what's happening. I'll get there just fine. We'll see you March 16th, 7 p.m. Copper Blues Live in Desert Ridge. Me, 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 me. Having fun. Tony Tripoli, opening act. Come. Fun. We love it. Good. JenKirkman.com. Click tour. And then you can see all the other places I'm coming up, which is Portland, Oregon, and Philly, and Pennsylvania, and Boston, and New York City. And, of course, a million more places, but those are the ones on sale right now. Did I say Salt Lake City? Well, I also Salt Lake City is on sale right now. That is my first time in Salt Lake City as a performer, so I hope that you show me uh, the love and get some tickets. Boston, we only have about, like, 70 tickets on the floor left. The rest is mezzanine, which is great. I used to work at the Wilbur Theater, so there really isn't a bad seat, but if you prefer the floor... I would get those tickets now. That show is selling really well in advance. JenKirkman.com. Again, again, click tour. So let's talk about everything. What's going on? Boop, be doop, be doop, be doop. How is everybody today? This isn't a good song. No one wants to hear this but I am trying to cover for the fact that I want to double check what my ads are this week because I have a feeling that I have it wrong and I'm not sure what is going on. Right? Does that work? That is very annoying that I did that. Oh, see, I wouldn't have known that I had this. Um... I wouldn't have known that I had this ad today if I didn't look. I can't believe this is a thing I'm saying. All right, folks, listen. I'm going to tell you all about... So you guys were telling me that you really do prefer when I don't record things too much in advance. You like it to be about the week that just happened. But I got to tell you, I'm super stressed. I I thought I was going to record this in my hotel room on Sunday after my weekend of shows, and I just didn't didn't. I I couldn't get it done. My voice felt a little, I didn't like how I sounded. I was exhausted and I wanted to get a mani-pedi before I left DC. So, you know, and then yesterday I just had too much going on on Monday and then now I'm doing it at the last minute on Tuesday. So I personally don't like it and then I have to send it to my editor. So it's not always my favorite. And sometimes I do have to do them in advance so that I can, I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I'm just so cranky. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, but listen, we're here now together. Let's not stress, right? So, uh, 
What went on? Well, I hung out with my parents in San Diego. I will give you the update on that. I remember last week I was saying that my mother was saying, Jennifer, your father is going to want to watch the State of the Union, and we're going to have to, you know, address that. No, we're not going to have to address that. We're going to have to respect that and wait for him, and then we'll have dinner after. And I'm like, the thing is on at 5 or 6. Are we not going to eat till 7? And oh, my God, that thing was 90 minutes. I'm glad. But anyway, it, it didn't come to pass because she made that up. She was uh, trying to be nice. I don't know why she was doing that. So when I got to uh, San Diego, I said, uh, Dad, do you have to watch the State of the Union, right? And he goes, what the hell? I never said that. And I knew that he knew Fox News is going to rerun it all night long. And so he's like, no, I want to, no, we're not doing, no, I don't need to watch that, Jen. I go, oh, great. So we can eat dinner earlier. And so my dad phoned up his cousin, Tom. Tom is in his 70s. He is a cousin I didn't know about that my dad had. He lives in San Diego. He loves the theater. I was so excited. So we, we, we had a great time. And I don't think my dad was a little bit left out of the conversation about Carol Channing, but that's okay. But um, it was fantastic. I love meeting new people that I didn't know were in my family. And uh, so we go to the dinner. And I think I can talk about this publicly. I'm not sure. But we had a long-lost family member that, that, um, that I met. Uh, well, I guess I could talk about this. I, I met, basically, this happened when I was 12. So basically what happened is my dad's uncle. My dad has an uncle named Mel Sr., Okay. So Mel Sr.'s doing his life in Massachusetts, and he gets a woman pregnant. She's a little younger than him. And they get married because they have to. And she has the baby, and that is Mel Jr. Well, they get divorced, right? This is years and years ago. I mean, this is the 40s, 30s, I don't know, you know, some in the olden times. Long before Twitter, long before Friendster even. What's Friendster? So they get divorced. Mel Sr. gets full custody of Mel Jr. This is in the Lawrence, Massachusetts area. Well, one day, young ex-wife comes over and says, I'm just going to take Mel Jr. out for ice cream. Mel Sr. says, okay. She never comes back ever. She has effectively kidnapped her son because she didn't have custody. Now, for some reason, Mel never reported it, went after her. And what we recently learned was because the Lindbergh baby kidnapping had been such a big thing that there was talk that anyone who did such a thing would get the death penalty. And so Mel didn't want that. So he just, I mean, I literally, this is the part of the story that I have zero information on. Nobody knows what was going through his heart and his mind and his soul. So Mel Sr. remarries a woman and they have a kid. And that kid is my dad's cousin, the one I met. But I knew all of this before I met 
uh, my long lost cousin anyway. So I'm not trying to tell his story. This is just the story of what happened. So basically, Mel Sr. tells his wife, look, I've had a past. I'm divorced. And my wife stole the kid. And I don't know where they are. And I don't, I don't, like, I literally don't know how old Mel was when he was taken. Maybe a baby, maybe one, two. I mean, going out for ice cream, I think, is in quotes. I don't think literally, I, I don't know. I don't think she was, I don't think he was even of ice cream cone holding age is my point. I think, I really think he was one or under. I don't know. I mean, that part's weird to me, but the uh, Mel Sr.'s new wife said we will never talk of this because this is what we do in black and white times. We don't talk about anything. Forget it. We're not going to tell anyone in the family about this. We're, you know, going forward, we're just, I mean, I literally just don't. No, you know, and uh, I don't know how old my dad was when my uncle had Mel. I think my dad was probably two. He didn't know what was going on. Most, I, I don't ask me questions. I know this is all I know. So Mel Jr. was taken by his mom to the West Coast. California and Oregon is where uh, Mel lived. So my grandfather, my dad's dad, had all these articles, newspaper articles that he kept. As Mel got older, uh, Mel Jr. got older, uh, for some reason there was an article written about him and his wife, Julie, and how they were, it was either they were moving from California to Oregon or Oregon to California, I can't remember. But they would sing and they, they had a traveling thing. And my father found these articles and says to himself, who is this Mel Kirkman out on the West Coast? And my dad took a bunch of family photos, put them in a manila envelope, mailed them to the newspaper that had written the article about Mel and Julie and said, please contact Mel for me. He has this family that he doesn't know about on the East Coast. I think we are related to him. I found this in my father's whatever. I don't know what my grandpa said about it. I don't know what anyone was saying about anything. I think some people in the family were mad at my dad. So I'm about 12 years old. Cousin Mel contacts my dad and says, I don't know that Mel knew he was stolen. Like, I don't know anything. I really don't know who pieced together what. But long story short, I don't know anything. Was Mel's mother crazy? Like, I literally don't know that much about the story. So Mel says to my dad, I am your cousin. Your your uncle had me. Um, and my dad was so excited. So my Nana and Grandpa had a wedding anniversary. I forget what year, 50th or something. And cousin Mel and Julie came from California. And I found this to be the most exciting thing that ever happened in my life. I have relatives in California and I loved them. I thought they were super cool and fun and they were just different than everyone else in my East Coast family and they liked to sing and it was cool. And, you know, they are unfortunately dead. They were, I mean, they lived a long, long life. They both got, I think, Alzheimer's and I think they lived to be in their 80s or something. But at one of my shows in California, I had, I've had i had various Mel Kirkman offspring come to my shows in Portland and in California. And if any of you are listening, um, 
and I'm getting any of the story wrong. Next time you see me, uh, tell me. But they've come to my shows and been like, I'm blah, 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 related to this and that. It's just so cool. So anyway, Cousin Tom is technically Mel's stepbrother uh, or half-brother, I should say, because they have the same father. So we were talking about how cool we all thought it was that we had this extra family we didn't know about and how people were upset at first at my dad for bringing this family together. But, you know, even though Tom is older than me, he's of a different mindset where he's like, why would I be mad that there's this, I'm not, you know, whatever my father did, I don't really understand all this, but like, Hey, I have a a half brother. Cool. So, you know, and then Tom himself ended up, you know, he grew up in Massachusetts, but he moved to San Diego decades ago. So there are two Kirkmans in California and it's super cool. I feel like I shouldn't say names of people and where they live. Is that, I just got really paranoid. Well, anyway, so yeah, super cool and was a neato thing to figure out. So we talked about that at dinner and I was like, wait, what? Like there's so many parts of the story that I had never really known. So that, that was really cool. So my parents and I are in San Diego, but that day we had spent at the USS Midway. And there's so many things about World War II that I just don't know. I always, you know, I always sort of forget about the Pacific part of World War II. The, uh, so after Pearl Harbor, this cargo ship that, or airplane carrier, what do you call that? Not airplane carrier. The hell is it called? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a word for it. Airline. You know, the ship that the airplanes take off of. Um, Oh, my God. And then my internet just went down. How is this not so annoying? I cannot find aircraft carrier. Did I say that or did I not say that? Oh, my God. What is wrong with her? Well, I told you Alzheimer's runs in my family, and I think I have it sooner than most. Um. So we went to the Midway Museum, and I love a ship. My mother gets very, uh, you know, claustrophobic. I'm not going down there. So I'm the opposite of claustrophobic. I don't like wide open spaces. So anywho, we go, and it's very interesting, and I wasn't really too caught up on the uh history of it where, you know, it's midway between San Francisco and Tokyo. That's why it was called the Midway. And when you look at the, so the soldiers were going to, the Japanese were starting to go towards to invade Australia. And we were, we were there on the Midway to fight them off and turn them back around. But we lost a lot of boys on the Midway and they were boys. And the planes they were in, I just go, how did anyone, how did anyone ever survive? Those dink-ass planes with the propellers were, war- I mean, oh my God. I feel like I could have shot them down with a BB gun. It just seems so crazy to me that, that people fought in wars with things that look like I wouldn't even fly them now from San Diego to uh, Los Angeles, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with no conditions of war. Um it's just so crazy that 
I mean, it's just bravery beyond bravery. Anyway, it was really cool to see. And I love, you know, when I tell people I have a love of war movies and war history, it also, I feel like whenever you tell someone you have an interest in something, they take it so far that you must be obsessed with it. Now I'm going to buy you all these presents with war stuff. And it's like, no, 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 I just, it's an interest I maybe haven't mentioned. So I watched the movie Hacksaw Ridge, even though it was produced by Nazi uh, loving Mel Gibson. And I, maybe I shouldn't say that, um, but there, I said it. So I didn't know what it was and I was in a hotel room and I saw it and I started watching it. And, you know, I don't like violence or blood. I really was a lot for me to watch Goodfellas. But I like war for some reason is different, I guess. I don't know why because it's it takes place where it should take place on the battlefield. And, and you understand, even though war, huh, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Even though that, you understand, oh, well, that guy's shooting someone because he's a soldier and they're in the war area doing the war thing. That's what you do over there with the thing. When I watch movies about, oh, I'm just a random person that showed up in your house with a gun, it chills me to the bone and makes me feel very dark. But war stuff, I really like. So I loved the the story of Hacksaw Ridge about the pacifist soldier who would not carry a weapon and everyone was like, fuck, dude. And then he saved a bunch of people and I couldn't get enough. And I, I know I've talked about the movie The Twelfth Man here that I loved. So... I was interested in the Midway Museum. And my mother was like, I can't believe you're into this. I thought this wasn't very you. I'm like, well, I'm not a fan of war, but I certainly am interested in the, you know, I have a sick nostalgia for uh, a country united against a common enemy. Uh, you know, and, but I, what I loved about the Midway is, it was chock full of details. It wasn't just trying to make something out of nothing. The The ship, you could tour all through the ship and you could see the, the living quarters and the boardroom and the kitchen and the electronics. I mean, you all real, all still in its original shape. And I just looked at everything and it was so exciting. And they made a 15, there was a lot of animatronics. Then there was hologram use. So this one guy who was the survivor of the Midway, he got shot out of his plane and he was in the Pacific Ocean for 23 hours and then he got saved. I mean, floating on a cushion that looks like a throw pillow. Certainly doesn't look like a sequin throw pillow, but you know what I mean. And they made a hologram of him while he narrated this 15 minute film and it was great. I mean, I couldn't believe children were watching the film. I found it a little shocking and violent. But the guy who introduced the film does his little stand-up comedy routine. I mean, he's not a stand-up comic, but he's the tour guide guy. And he talked about, um, he did this, I mean, he was talking about the women of World War II that, that you know, it's funny because my dad mentioned it in his letter to Adam Carolla that I read last week. But, you know, women did do most of the welding in World War II. The planes, everything was prepped by women. Women were a huge part of the workforce. There, there were no men. The men were at war. The women were home, uh, not just twiddling their thumbs, but actually doing uh, things like welding. And that that's your Rosie the Riveter, you know, we can do this. And so if you didn't know this, uh, I think it's something that's really interesting. Um, 
they worked in welders in America's shipbuilding industry. So Rosie the Riveter, he was doing, he was talking about how she died at 95 and how someone asked him, well, how did she die? And he went, well, she was 95. And they're like, yeah, but how did she die? And the joke is obviously she died of natural causes. And then this guy kept saying, oh, she died in a skateboard accident. It wasn't a great joke and it took way too long to tell, but I enjoy cheesy humor from tours like this. And I'm laughing out loud. And my mother is so disappointed in me. She's tapping me going, this isn't funny, Jennifer. I go, I know, but I love this shit. I hate this stuff. She gets her intellectual snobbery very loudly at certain times. And uh, yeah, so we walked around the ship. I was loving it. I was loving it. So then we go into this room where all the guys that work on the ship are retired guys that worked on the original Midway. Now, they weren't there in the battle, but they worked on the the ship. um, Hang on. Sorry. Um, you know, the Midway stayed as a thing for years after. So anyway, I'm, I'm talking to this, this one guy and is this old man. And I said, tell me about talking in code. What was that? What was that like? I'm just fascinated. I'm not talking about the code talkers. I mean, there was that too, but I'm more fascinated with, I I guess that's what I was trying to say is when you get a Morse code signal from somewhere, how can you trust that someone hasn't intercepted it and is fucking with you? Does that make sense? Um, That it's not the enemy giving you bad direction. And I was trying to ask that question and maybe that's not a thing, but he didn't even understand what I was asking. This is what always happens with communication sometimes. And men end up explaining things to you that you didn't ask. And you're like, I'm actually asking a more complicated thing. And it's so complicated. You don't understand what I'm asking. Now you're explaining a thing that I already know. Um, but I said, I was trying to ask that. And, and he could have said, if he knew what I was saying, that's not a thing. But instead he went on some weird old man rant, which was kind of amusing where he said, well, we talked in code all the time to each other on the ship. And, and I get, that actually was new information for me. So they talked in code on the ship because, you know, in case, I don't know, they were being spied on or something. I'm still really not sure. He said, but we really didn't talk much on the ship. We talked when we had to, to get information from one person to another. And then mostly it was very uninteresting. We sat here and we waited. And when signals came in and we had to do this, you know, uh, we had to do this, we had to do that. So... Hang on one sec. Sorry. Uh, so, um, 
I said, oh, oh, that makes sense. And he said, yeah, I mean, you know, my daughter, my granddaughter. Oh, hang on a sec. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Ah, hey there. Sorry, guys. Hang on. Okay. Uh, he said, you know, my granddaughter, she'll be on her iPhone talking for 45 minutes. And I'm thinking, what is there to say? I mean, what's all the talking? What, how much I, and I say to her when she gets off the phone, what did you learn? What information did you get from your friend? And she'll say, I don't know. And I'll say, well, what went on for 45 minutes with all that talking? And I thought that was so weird because I don't know many people who talk on the phone that are younger. So I was actually excited, except for the cancer-causing radiation to the head. I was actually excited in a weird way that she was speaking with her voice on her iPhone for 45 minutes because that seems like conversation is a lost art. And so to me, I'd rather hear that, the familiar sounds of a teenage girl chatting, than with all the texting you know, hurting your neck, kids. Be careful of your neck, kids. We're, our necks are not supposed to live longer than 30 before. So my doctor told me, if you MRI a 20-something walking around right now, they'll also have degenerative disc disease because that's when it starts. So kids, you might walk around not knowing you have it, but the minute there's inflammation, that's when you will feel it. So be like me. Don't be like me. Uh, stop with your head down all the time. Anyway, so I said to him, well, you know, in my day, we talked on the phone for hours. That's what teenagers do. But nowadays, everybody is always texting. So I'm actually heartened to hear that she's at least having conversations and not just staring at her phone. He, that whole concept was lost on him. He's like, but what are they talking about on the phone? I go, no, I get it, but it's, you don't understand. This is a good thing. She could be just staring at video games. Like she's interacting with another human, sir. Have you not? But see, he grew up in a different environment. And, you know, his job was actually not interacting with many humans. So to him, it's probably this phenomenon that we used to interact a lot more with using voices and live seeing each other. Maybe, maybe that's lost on him. But he kept going on and on. My parents just bailed. They were like, not interested in talking to him at all. I see an old person. I run to them. I'm like, tell me everything. And they just want, my mom's going, Jennifer, we have to leave now. Like I'm a little girl. He can't, I'm like, I can't. It, meanwhile, the guy wouldn't shut up for the guy that was like, I don't know what everyone's talking all the time for literally wouldn't stop talking. And I could not, it was a 10 minutes, which is a long time when you're standing in like a submarine almost environment. And then I finally pull myself away and said, well, thank you. And um, thank you for your service. And then he made a face at me like, what the fuck are you thanking me for my service for? I was like, I don't know. I guess that's what, God, forget it. Forget it. Forget it, man. Oh, but it's fun to travel. It's fun to go away, right? Isn't it? Sail away, sail away, sail away. Sorry. <laughs> See, I don't know how to uh, wrap up a story. Um so I just, I start singing a weird song. Um, but here's the deal. You know what I took with me to San Diego? 
Or maybe you don't. I took my away luggage. It's the greatest luggage in the world. Can I tell you something? I truly had this experience. This little tiny piece on the inside of my away luggage, almost like a little clip, was broken because I've had this suitcase for a while and I, they were throwing it around. It's been being thrown around for years. So I went into the away luggage store in Los Angeles and I said, can I just get this clip repaired? And she looked at it and she went, you know what? It's going to be more like annoying to repair it than not. So you just have a brand new suitcase. And she just wheels out a brand new suitcase because that's how they are. I love away travel and I use it all the time. My carry-on bag has a battery charger in it so I can charge my phone. I can charge two things at once with the USB port. And I'm just, I got to tell you, away are the greatest suitcases. I've made the switch. I use only away when I travel. Awaytravel.com slash fun, A-W-A-Y, travel.com slash fun. Use promo code fun at checkout for $20 off of a suitcase. That's right. The approach is simple with Away Luggage. Founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea, luggage with power. And thus, the Away Carry-On was born. They create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. I highly recommend you get yourself a matching three-piece set. You will automatically get a $100 discount for the carry-on, a medium, and a large suitcase in addition to the $20 off a suitcase that I'm offering you today. So that is $120 off of a luggage set. They use high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. There's the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large for extended stays. I have all four. They're made with premium German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistant. They are also very lightweight. They have 360 degree spinner wheels that guarantees a smooth ride. Combination lock built in to prevent theft. Removable washable laundry bags. Both sizes are able of the carry-on are able to charge cell phones, tablets, e-readers, anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your phone five times. Lifetime warranty, just like I just experienced. If anything breaks, they will fix it for you. And you get a hundred day trial when you buy an away suitcase. So you can live with it, travel with it, do whatever. And if at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. Free shipping on any order within the lower 48. And the carry-on sizes are compliant with all major US airlines. So trust me, I fly with them all the time. And If you're in town, you can visit Away at their retail store in New York City as well as Los Angeles. Again, go to awaytravel.com slash fun for $20 off of a suitcase and use promo code fun. Oh my God, folks. One of my favorite sponsors is back because I actually wear their stuff. That's right, modcloth.com. I know you've seen me. You've seen me in, in this really cool black dress I have that has sort of a quilted look. It zips up all the way to the back. It has sort of a mock turtleneck. It's short, but not too many. I've worn it on TV, and I I just wore it on TV uh, two weeks ago in Chicago, and uh, I love it. And I have a little blue dress that's sort of swinging, and it has a little pussy bow. And people always ask me, is that vintage? Is that one of a kind? Well, it is one of a kind. It's not vintage, though. It's mod cloth. Here's the deal. Go to modcloth.com and just 
Just look at the clothes while I talk to you. At Mod Cloth, there's no such thing as an ordinary outfit. Crafted by a team of in-house designers, their signature styles include hand-drawn prints, standout silhouettes, and an inclusive size range that celebrates all women. They've expanded their range to go from size 00 to 28. And you know what? It's time to stock up on dresses and swimsuits for the season ahead. I know you're like, Jen, it's February. Yeah, but fashion moves fast. Fashion is forward. So... And if you have a question about the fit, their team of mod stylists can hook you up with a complimentary sizing and styling help. So again, go to modcloth.com and enter code FUN at checkout. You will get 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more. This is a one-time only offer, and it expires on May 5th, 2019. Again, modcloth.com. Enter code FUN at checkout for 15% off of your $100 purchase or more. And do it before May 5th, you guys. All right, everybody. Woo. So that was my trip to San Diego. And, uh, you know, then I went to Arlington, Virginia. I swear to God, wherever I go, there's something. I went to the fires of Sacramento and San Francisco, and now Virginia's imploding. Everybody's in blackface. I'm flying in trying to make people laugh. No, Seattle's having snowmageddon. Phoenix, I tried to go to, but we were having a monsoon. I mean, it's always something. Um, but yeah, I went to Virginzies, and I loved it. I, you know, I have been... To the, I think this was my fourth return to the Arlington Cinema Draft House, which they started doing comedy shows there, even though it is a uh, movie theater as well. But it's, you know, it's one of those movie theaters where you sit and you eat food. When I first played there, you could smoke in there. Oh, naughty. I mean, I didn't, but the audience could. I mean, and this wasn't like 1980. This was, you know, I think 2008 or something. So... Just kind of, I determine how fun things are. You could smoke in there by that. And the audiences were great. And, and the Saturday early show was sold out. And the other shows were almost, almost, almost sold out. So, you know, you're all still coming out for me. And I so appreciate it. And I think we all had a good time. And I sold out of all the books that I brought with me. So a lot of you who are new to me, thanks for buying the books. And uh, hopefully that'll help me get a third book deal. Because I'm writing it already. So, there you go. But uh, it was so interesting because I got on the flight and I've been so spoiled. So I mainly last year was only flying from New York to L.A. when I was writing on Mrs. Maisel. And and uh, I had so many points on JetBlue and sometimes, you know, the TV, the stuff I do for TV is paid for. So it was first class all the way and being in my own pod and checking in and not having to wait in any line. And I totally forgot um, – what flying coaches and I you know I don't have an airline that I use to go to different parts of the, the country you know like I'd love to use JetBlue to go to Washington DC but the times aren't what I need and it's not necessarily straight through so I I jump around from Delta to, to American usually depending on my needs and then shorter trips it's Southwest and uh um hang on one sec Southwest and uh Alaska Airlines, sorry, I'm having a delivery come. Gosh, fucking fucker, fucks. I can't really, oh, I don't want to do too much editing on this episode, but I'm going to have to hit stop, and this is going to make me so sad that I have to do this. Or maybe I can pause. I think I can pause. Anyway, so 
I gets on the plane. I usually upgrade to the economy comfort. I mean, I literally, I just can't, I have to have extra leg room. And um, I usually sit on the aisle because I like to now drink a lot of water on planes and get up to pee. But I thought I had purchased, I purchased the first row after first class, which on every flight, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the exit row. And I knew it wasn't the exit row, but I thought there was a big, I guess you call it like bulkhead area. I thought there was that, but it wasn't. It's one of those planes where the if you're the first row behind first class, you could stick your hand into first class and touch the head of the person in front of you. There was no extra big delineation between the two classes. And I was sort of trapped in my seat. Uh, I had window seats for this one. I think the aisles were sold out for some reason, or I thought, oh, I might be tired. I might want to lean my head against the window. And oh, there's plenty of room to walk around in these seats, but there totally wasn't. So, but I, for the first time, experienced the side eye from people that did not want me to be on the plane. And uh, it was a real bummer. So what happened was, so I'm, I'm getting on the plane and uh, hang one sec. Damn it. I just answered my door. Okay. Oh, I had the wrong instinct. God damn it. I'm so mad at myself. You just missed gold. You just missed gold. So I do grocery delivery sometimes instead of uh, going to the grocery store myself. And it is a little more expensive, but sometimes I just have to spring for it. My back is really bothering me today and I'm really, really tired. And um, I just didn't want to deal with all the lifting and the whatever. So I do this thing called Instacart and the delivery is free, but like you pay uh, like a tip and whatever. So but I got sort of like the bulk of my groceries for like the month. So I have to think about it. So anyway, the doorbell rang. That's why I put it on pause. And I, I was going to leave it recording because usually it's just like, hey, how you doing? And they usually just hand it to me through the door, like one bag at a time, you know? Um, and this kid, he was probably like 20, 20, I mean, if he was 20. And he's like, hey. And he's like, do you want me to come in? And I was like, no, you can just hand it to me. He's like, it's pretty heavy. I'm like, we don't have to hand me all three at once. You can hand me one bag at a time. He's like, I'll just come in. And he just comes in. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, do you want me to put on the counter? I was like, no, put on the floor. He's like, really? Are you sure not the counter? I was like, honestly, I'm, I'm sure. Because the counter was like, I just washed it and it was like wet. And I was like, I'll just put on the floor. So then I, my sweatshirt, I'm wearing my, I meditated today, motherfucker sweatshirt, which by the way, I got two, I got one as like a black sweat. It's, you know, it's the merch from my merchandise store. I think you guys will love this. Like I got a black one that is just a sweatshirt without a hood. And then I got a gray one, which has pockets and is a hoodie. It is so soft and comfortable. It is my favorite thing. I'm blown away by the quality of the sweatshirts at Tee Public. So if you go to jenkirkman.com and click shop, that takes you to the link to my Tee Public store. And my I Meditated Today motherfucker merchandise is my favorite shit in the world. I got a tote bag as well. And I got a pillow. Um, so he goes, do you teach meditation? And I said, no. And he goes, oh, well, I got confused because your shirt I mean, it says I meditated today, motherfucker. It doesn't say I run and teach a meditation studio. So you know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize you could only wear that if you teach it. And I said, no, I, I do meditation, though. He said, yeah, I'm starting to do 10 minutes a day. I'm like, that's amazing. That's really, I mean, truly, that's kind of all you need, you know. And I said, he said, yeah, you're supposed to focus on your breathing. I can't really get the hang of it. And I said, you know, focusing on the breathing isn't my favorite part. 
I'm always mad when people don't know who I am, by the way. Like, don't think I ever get over that. Where I'm like, you're a young kid. I'm funny. You should be into me. Why am I answering my own door? But I, I need to get over that. So I said, yeah, I'm really not a fan of focusing on your breath. You don't have to do that. That's one kind of mindful meditation, but there's loving kindness. There's not focusing on your breath. There's focusing on sound in the room. There's counting. You know, there's obviously, um, I was going to say TMJ, TM meditation. There's so many different things. And, uh, He's like, oh, yeah. But he's like not leaving. I'm like, well, he's not in my house anymore. He's in the hallway. But he's like, I do one that sort of takes you into another reality. So that's pretty cool. And I said, oh. He's like, yeah, it's on YouTube. But it warns you that you might go into another spatial place. And I'm like, okay. I I don't know what he's talking about. I go, that sounds great. I'd love. I said, I'd love to jump to another reality right now. Meaning like, can you you go? (laughs) And then I came. I, I couldn't believe that I didn't leave this on and that that didn't get to get recorded. I mean, I thought that would have been fun to just hear someone come into my apartment. I mean, he was a kid. I could have taken him if he tried to do something to me, but um, it was so funny. It's so funny when you're like old like me and you're like, oh, I would have liked you when I was 20, but I'm your mother's age. And that's what I don't understand about men. Like there's no earth where I would be attracted to this kid, but like, he seemed like a child to me. And I, I don't get why men can't look at younger women like that. You know what I mean? Like when you, this is like the thought passes your head where it's like literally not even attracted to someone, but you're like, oh, you're like a cute, thoughtful kid who's like, you know, kind of scruffy blonde hair. And you're talking about meditation. Like, oh, I totally would have liked you if I was your age and as dumb as you. Cause you know, when you haven't been alive as long. You stand the chance of, you know, he's not going to blow my mind with anything he's saying. You know, I just, this is what I truly don't understand about guys my age who are with people in their twenties or some, it's, it's literally, I mean, it's just straight up pedophilia. Sorry. I take a hard line on that shit. Um, great story, Jen. So anywho, I was getting on the plane So I'm in row eight, which is the first row of not first class. I get there. I'm in eight. Let's just just say eight C by the window. There's a woman and a man in eight A and B. They're in the middle seat and the aisle seat. And then the row next to me, eight F E D D E F or whatever. No one's in there yet. So I've got a line of people behind me. I'm boarding the plane. And now I have that moment where I have my purse and I have my big like carry-on bag and my coat. So, and a cup of coffee in my hand. So I need to stop for a minute and put my things down so that I can then place them in the overhead bin. And these two people are watching me. And I'm putting my things down in a seat that I'm not going to sit in, but I'm putting them down in the aisle seat of row eight. And I'm adjusting and I'm putting my, my coat up and I'm putting my bag up. And then I pick up my purse. And instead of sitting in that aisle seat, I am now headed for my seat next to them in the window. And this woman goes, ugh, I knew it. I knew she was going to be in our row. And they're loud. And they're saying it while looking me in the eye. And I said to her, oh, I'm sorry. It's a full flight. So I don't know how you thought anyone wouldn't be sitting here. And she said, no, no, that's okay. I said, yeah, it's the um, premium economy, like, row. I go, it's pr- I fly a lot. It's pretty popular. Like, I was just like, I'm bitching out. I'm bitching out. 
But I was nice. I was like, oh, yeah, it's really popular. I was like, sorry. I said, I fly. No, this is, this is more what I said. I said, I fly all the time, and I hate when I'm sitting there and someone takes the middle seat. But I was trying to say, bitch, this is someone taking the window seat in premium economy. What world did you think it would be empty? And I said, no, I don't know if it's specifically me you didn't want to sit next to, but I promise you I'm the best seatmate. I won't bother you at all. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not. It's obviously you hate sitting next to people. And I get it. And I wanted to be like, that's what first class is for. And you could tell these people had, I mean, they had money. They had expensive uh, wallets and purses. And she had a giant ring. Like, they, this is not broke. You know, this is like, you missed out on first class and now you're pissed. You know, that, that. So I sit next to them and she doesn't look at me the whole time. And I said to her, don't worry. I don't talk. I don't get up to pee that often. Although, of course, this flight I had to pee every five minutes because it's Murphy's Law. But I just said, don't worry about me. She's like, no, no, I was, I didn't, I didn't mean it. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. So, but the whole time, now she takes her shoes off and she, and their feet didn't smell. And I don't care if people have socks on. I mean, my feet start swelling. I take my shoes off, but you do it discreetly under the seat. It was, she was like, put her feet up on her husband and was like laying back. And, you know, she was just making herself at home, which is fine. But I just thought of all people that didn't want anyone next to them, she's literally doing all the rude things that you can do on a flight. And so I'm sitting there and I have to pee. <laughs> And she's got 50 drinks on her tray table. And I mean, no, she had three. So her husband could have picked one up and she could have picked up two and moved her tray table. I mean, it does suck when you're in the middle seat or the aisle seat. Sometimes you do have to do that. But I said, I'm going to try to get, she, she just said, I'm not moving this. And I said, I'll try to get around you, you know, but um, the person in first class was reclining. So it was tight squeeze and I squeezed through. But honest to God, it would have taken less effort for her to just pick up her drink and sort of move the tray table out of the way than watch me slip through and almost spill everything. So this flight attendant was being so nice. She kept coming over and, I mean, doing her job, obviously, but, you know, offering us things and... uh, So at one point I'm sitting there and I fell asleep. I always do this. I just pass out on takeoff. It's my body's natural response. And I hate it because I don't mean to, but it's like uncontrollable, like I'm going under anesthesia, passing out. And I woke up just as the drink cart had just left my row. And I was like, ah. And I sat up and my, I have those wireless earbuds, no big deal. And so one of them fell out and the flight attendant turned back around. I said, I'm so sorry. I was asleep when you rolled by and I didn't want to be, is it too late to ask for coffee? She's like, no, of course not. And the woman next to me is looking at me like, ugh. So of course, like I'm doing everything wrong. You know, I'm like, I'm not a troubled seatmate. And so the, the flight attendant comes over. I said, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep. But as I'm talking to her, my body language is indicating that I'm looking for something because I noticed one of my earbuds fell out. 
So she goes, are you looking for something? Is it your other earbud? I said, oh yeah, I dropped it, but don't worry about it. Just coffee, cream and sugar, you know, blah, blah. And she goes, well, no, we have to look for it. And I went, oh no, 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 no. I, and I was kind of pointing to the people next to me like, ixnay on the helping A. Like, da, 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 da. I go, I, I, I'm sure it'll turn up by the end of the flight. I, it's probably in my pocket or my purse or, and then she goes, no, we have to look for it. She goes, stand up, stand up. I go, oh no, no, no. She goes, come on. You, this is, those are expensive. I go, oh, I know, I know. And I'm like trying to say, listen, I have a reputation here. The people that didn't want me to sit in their row, I have to be perfectly calm and still. So I stand up and she said, now look at your seat, rip it out, rip it out. I go, what? She goes, yeah, rip it out. She was all excited. Like she's being really nice. I go, I, she goes, pull hard, rip it out. And I did. And I couldn't find it. And the woman next to me was looking at me because I'm just ripping my seat off. And she's asking the row behind me, did you guys see an earbud? Everyone's looking. I look on the floor, but, um, I'm keep, I'm literally now pointing to the woman next to me, making the like kill sign. Like, don't ask her. I said, I don't want to bother these people next to me. She goes, bother them. If you lost something expensive, it shouldn't bother them. I'm like, no, please. I, I said, don't, don't worry about it. So anyway, uh, the woman next to me goes, do you want me to help? I go, nope. So then, um, maybe about 20 minutes goes by and the woman in front of me is leaning over to get something out of her bag that's under the seat in front of her. And I see my earbud in her seat, but I have to lean in and touch like almost her bum. And so I do, and I get it. And I said, um, my earbud was, you were sitting on it. I said, I just want to let you know. That's why I just reach into your seat. If you, okay, cool. And I'm like, I, this can't be going worse. So I have to pee. And that's when I got up and the whole drink thing happened. So then, um, then I'm back in the bathroom area and the flight attendant goes, did you find your earbud? And I said, I did. And she said, where was it? I said, it was in the woman's seat next to me. And she said, I knew it. You should have asked her to move in the first place. I said, listen, and I told her what I just told you guys about how I got on the plane and they went, "Ugh." she goes, that's rude. She's like, oh, I don't like that very much. She's like, well, what do they want? She, she said, they actually thought that no one would be in the window seat? And I said, yeah, I don't know why they thought that. And she said, people are ridiculous. So she said, well, I'm going to take good care of you on this flight. And she goes, who wouldn't want to be next to you? Then I'm like, okay, wait, is she a fan of mine? I know this sounds crazy, but it was just a lot of attention being paid to me. And she goes, and your earrings are super cool. I don't know if you guys know this. I do a thing where I wear four different earrings. Oh my God. I'm, I'm like your hip. Aunt. I really am turning into middle-aged hip aunt. Like one is a cross. One is a moon. One is a snake. And one is like a long dangly thing. I'm so fun. Double pierced. <laughs> and, um, and then she kind of, I hope I'm not going to get her in trouble. If someone's like, this is harassment. And they want to fuck with, with women and go, women harass people too. This is, this wasn't that, but she sort of like kind of rubbed my arm and was like, who wouldn't want to sit with you? You're great. And I was like, she hitting on me or recognizing me or is just really nice. Like, I didn't know what was happening. And she was like a, a, a gorgeous woman. I didn't know what was going on. So but if I were a dude, I'd be like, she wants it. So I get back to my seat and she comes back. She's like, how's my favorite passenger? And the people next to me are like, how'd you get to be favorite passenger? And I want to be like, because I'm not two cunts. I'm not a male and female cunt couple. And she goes, you want some water? I go, uh, when do we land? She goes, an hour. I go, ooh, I shouldn't. 
I don't want to have to get up. She goes, you're allowed to get up and use the bathroom. And I was like, okay. So I just kept drinking water and getting up to pee. I was like, fuck it. My existence annoys these people. I might as well keep annoying them. So I did. And, but what was so funny is, and I was just talking to my friend Morgan Murphy today about how you literally can't say anything anymore. And I don't mean that like, I don't even get to say the N word like I used to. I don't mean that. I'm talking about, you just can't say the normalist thing without the outrage patrol. So I'm tweeting about this or Instagram story. I forget. I know I did an Instagram story. Yeah, no, it was Instagram story, but I did tweet about it too, but I forget where this comp, but a bunch of people were like, don't shame someone who's in the middle seat. Like they didn't, the middle seat isn't a choice. It's, it's dictated by your wallet. And so you can't blame them for not wanting anyone next to them. I'm like, what are you talking about? The middle seat isn't cheaper than the seat next to it. You freaks. And we were in the paid more money for no reason row. We truly had no more leg room than anybody else. And when they say priority boarding, they mean group five as opposed to group nine, but that still ain't no priority to me. I mean, a bunch of people, and I'm like, again, if people who've never traveled before, if you're young people, can you lay off a conversation so you don't know what the fuck you're talking about? They said, so many people were like, don't shame people for the seat they're in. I'm like, what are you talking about? So that's what I mean by you can't say anything. The most innocent thing of I'm in a plane and these people next to me being rude. Have you thought about their socioeconomic status? Ugh! This girl came up to me at the line today at Arlington Draft House. She goes, sometimes I love your podcast. Sometimes I see it and I know I can't listen to it because it's going to stress me out. Guys, don't need those comp. I don't need every detail of how terrible I am and how upsetting I can be and like... I don't mean to stress anyone out with this podcast. Um, I thought I was just a comedian complaining the way, I don't know. That's sort of like what comedians have done since the beginning of time is complain, but okay. So I'm on the flight home and I'm in the same row, but the other side and I'm in the same window seat and it couldn't be more of a different experience. I get on, whoops, I get on. And uh, the two people next to me don't fly a lot. And the guy in the middle seat was in a, in a lovely way, like losing his mind when I was getting in the row. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You don't even have to move. I can totally crawl around. Like I got through. And he said, I don't fly a lot. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I said, you're fine. And he said, I thought these were supposed to be extra room. I'm like, it's a ripoff. I don't know. I totally got screwed on the way down here. I'm like, I totally get it. And I said to him, I hope you don't mind. It's a six-hour flight. I'm probably going to have to get up and pee a lot. He was like, I think he was a little shocked that I said pee. I just thought that was a word. Is pee, you know, I, I think of pee as a word we all just say. I think use the bathroom sounds grosser because I feel like that implies poop. And I like to say pee. I don't know, but I think pee is still kind of an intimate, shocking word. Do we say pee? What's your stance on that? Um... Oh, by the way, there's been some drama on the I Seem Fun private closed group. And if you want to join it, go to uh, twitter.com slash I Seem Fun podcast. And you can, in the in the bio there is the link to take you to the, the Facebook group, as well as if you go to facebook.com slash I Seem Fun podcast. Now, 
I had some uh, lovely listeners. I asked if anyone wanted to volunteer to moderate the boards, and uh, two people volunteered. They got back to me first. I said, let's do it. Um, They're moderating. I asked them to clean it up because it became just people would post one thing. I saw this funny picture, but nobody would really engage in discussion around it. And I, I thought it would help if we categorize things. And people got mad, and some people said, that this was too much for them and they're afraid of me and they're afraid to post and someone else thought the moderators are trying to kiss my ass and, and and want my approval, which is so not a personality trait of theirs. And it's not like, why are we being so mean? Like there's just craziness going on on the board. And I'm like, fine, stop moderating. You know, let's look for offensive things like meanness and, and, and things like that. But, but uh, you know, cause I don't check the page that often, but what I really thought, my initial intention was if I talk about an episode, like if I do an episode and I put up this week's episode that, that if I talked about like what I just did, like people on planes, like there'd be all this discussion, like people telling their stories about airplane flights. And I just thought it would be like, because this podcast is such a conversation, I thought it would be whatever I talked about that week, people would be talking about their life experiences with said thing or something comparable. And it's just had never really happened, which is fine. You guys can use it for however you want, but that's how I envisioned it. So, um, I never meant to, uh, make people feel like they couldn't talk about whatever, but, um, I'm always curious about what you guys think about an episode in terms of, oh my God, I had the same thing happen, or I have a crazy story about sitting on a train. I just wanted you guys to tell your stories in that thread, and I guess I didn't think big enough that people want to like just bring anything in there and all that. So it's whatever you want it to be. It's your board, not mine, but let's all just be kinder to each other. Okay, great. So anyway, um, so I'm talking to this man on flight number two in the same seat. And he's such a wildly different experience than the people that were next to me before. And so, yeah, I was wondering, oh, that's what I was saying. So if you guys, when I post about this episode, I'm going to ask you, is P a thing that you feel comfortable saying to a stranger? I'd love you to weigh in. And, and that's where I'm actually dictating. Can you answer that in the thread about this episode? So anyway, so I'm sitting there and this guy gets on the plane, you know, he's walking down the aisle and he goes, Hey, I don't know who he is. He must recognize me, which is always fun when that happens. And it's always fun when someone just starts talking to me as though we know each other, but it's clear why they know me. And he goes, Oh, Hey, I saw your Twitter from your flight down here. I was wondering if you'd be in the same row. It's just so weird that somebody knows that, but I guess it's not because I put it on Twitter. And I said, Oh, those people were dicks. And the guy next to me goes, you tweeted about me? I go, no, 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 not you, not you, not you. I go, I promise. I flew down here and I tweeted about, and he goes, do you know that guy? I'm like, no, I mean, yeah, that's my friend. I didn't want to get into like, why does a stranger, it was just too much. So, but anyways, so the way the guy said it made it sound like I was just live tweeting the guy next to me. And I was like, not you, not you. Great story. I know. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool. Shout out. Oh, no, that guy's on my Twitter, not my podcast. I was going to just give that guy. Well, I'll give that guy a shout out anyway, wherever he is. Um, oh, God. Anyway, I have so many listener emails. I'm overwhelmed with how many I have to get to to read on air in a loving way. And I have articles I wanted to read. But see, this is the thing that happens when I record 
uh, week to week is that I don't run out of things to say and I have less listener emails to read. So at some point, I'll do a listener email episode. And at some, I don't know, listen, I think we're all, I think we're all going to be okay. So in summation, follow me on Twitter at I Seem Fun Podcast or at Jen Kirkman. Go to jenkirkman.com slash podcasts. If you want more ways to listen than however you're already listening, send an email to iseemfun at gmail.com. And uh, join my newsletter, folks. Go to jenkirkman.com, click tour. I have no fucking clue anymore where I'm coming this year. It's all, it's all being worked out. I don't know what's happening. So you'll, you'll know as much as I do once you join that damn thing. And uh, until next week, have fun.